Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash petty revenge. Our next Reddit post is from Chance203. When we were younger, my sister spent a lot of time in a wheelchair on and off. Obviously, my dad needed to be able to park in the parking space right outside our house and closest to the curb. This was because, one, he wouldn't damage any cars when moving my sister from the car to the chair and vice versa. Two, it meant he didn't have to carry my sister very far and could just load her in and out really easily. Three, it made our life easier. So, anyway, our neighbor was a proper dick about it. He shouted at my dad every time he parked in this spot. They had an ongoing war for about eight months. My dad took it all in stride until this man called my sister an effing and then a word that starts with C that's very derogatory for people with a disability. So, my dad called the council to inquire how much it would cost to get the space made into a permanent disabled spot. So, my dad paid the money and got the space repainted to a disabled spot. Which also meant that if the neighbor parked in it and was caught, he would be fined. (laughs) We moved three weeks later. To my knowledge, 15 years later, the spot is still there. And down in the comments, OP clarifies that his dad asked his neighbor to take pictures and report this neighbor to the council every single time the douchebag parked in the spot. So, presumably, for years and years and years, this douchebag neighbor continued to not be able to park in that spot. Or he did, and he got fined. Our next Reddit post is from ZZZTop. This happened around the 4th of July. There was a small fender bender and emergency services got called out. My towing company sends me out by accident, not realizing the flatbed at the scene could tow both vehicles. There was one ambulance, five cops, and three police cruisers blocking the road. There was one cop directing traffic, and then this douchebag who showed up after the scene was secured. This butthole felt the need to park his cruiser crossway diagonally in front of the ambulance, not necessarily blocking the path, but for someone driving the ambulance, they're a pain to reverse around obstacles. The EMTs asked the butthole to move his cruiser and he literally said, When I'm ready! And resumed chatting with the cop directing traffic. Another cruiser shows up and it's a sergeant who knew me from the company I work for. He goes off to deal with the scene and the EMTs rush to him to talk to him about moving the cruiser. I see him stomping in my direction and then walks to the cruiser, but the door was locked. He called out to the cop who pulled in front of the ambulance, and that cop either didn't respond, ignored it, or wasn't aware that his superior was there. The supervisor looked pissed as he reached for the radio, but then he looked at me and asked what my drop fee was. Five minutes go by and he waves me to get the cruiser. So I line up, sting it, and drag it out of the way, and the ambulance drivers waved as they left the area. He told me to keep the cruiser hooked because he wanted to teach this butthole a lesson. He walked over to the two cops, the one directing traffic in the butthole, and alerted him that he was getting towed. The guy rushed back and demanded that I put the car down and that it's not a funny joke. But I reminded him that all tows are fair in the county if the car is illegally parked. He looked at the sergeant, and the sergeant reminded him that the ordinance extends to emergency vehicles. I had to look this up, but it's not. He tried to negotiate my fee to $40, but my drop fee is 100 He hesitates, but he pulls five $20 bills from his wallet and I put the cruiser down. He got in his cruiser and he didn't look happy as he pulled away. The sergeant busts out laughing and says that kid needed that. He told me that he had only been on the force less than a few weeks and that he was acting like he ran the place. We shook hands, talked about work and Hot Wheels, and off I went a $100 richer. 
OP, when the cop came over to you, you should have said to him, Sir, do you have any idea why I towed your vehicle today? And quick life pro tip, for those of you who don't know, the reason why cops ask you that question is because they're hoping that you're going to confess to a crime. So when a cop asks you, do you know why I pulled you over today? They're hoping you're going to say something like, because I was speeding? And bam, suddenly you've basically confessed to the crime, which makes their job easier if it ever goes to court. Also, it's possible that you'll confess to a crime that the cop doesn't even know about. Like, maybe the cop pulled you over for speeding, but you say, um, because my headlight's out? And now the cop has two tickets for you. So the next time a cop asks you that question, just keep your mouth shut or say, I don't know, why'd you pull me over, officer? Our next Reddit post is from Know the Same. I don't mind when my roommates borrow my stuff. We've all been there. All I ask is that they replace what they take. You drank my milk? Just buy me new milk. It's simple as that. Unfortunately, my roommate doesn't seem to get this. She keeps taking my stuff, and when I ask her to please replace everything she takes, she'll buy one new thing. And forget to do it the next time, despite having more money than me. I finally snapped when I went in to wash my clothes, but only found an empty box that used to contain my washing powder. I don't buy fancy or expensive stuff, and I don't care about brands. After using the last of my powder a week earlier, she could literally have bought the cheapest no-brand powder in the world, and I would have been fine. I just snapped. I told her over and over to not use my washing powder if she wasn't going to replace it, and I just had enough. I bought a new box of washing powder, some Dylon machine dye, mixed it with a bit of the washing powder, and dumped it into the old box. When the dye is dry, it looks like washing powder, especially if you're not expecting it. I took my new box of washing powder to my room and waited. A week later, I came home from work and I saw her laundry hanging outside, all with a mysterious pink color. She stomped up to me and demanded to know what I'd done. I told her I was going to dye my own clothes, and someone had told me the shade would be lighter if I mixed it with a powder, which was a lie. Then, I asked her why she had used it when it had clearly been in a box with my name on it, when I told her not to use it because she never replaced it. I don't think she believed me, but she finally got the message. She almost never takes my stuff, and when she does, she's quick to replace it. Our next Reddit post is from This Is Driving Me Batty. I'm a light-skinned Latina American, and I lived in Korea for a couple of years during university and grad school, as my major was Korean interpretation and translation. During my time in Korea, I was lucky enough to attend music shows from time to time. For the K-pop uninitiated, music shows are free to enter, provided you have at least one of three items. A copy of the album of the group that you're coming to see, proof of purchase of the album digitally in one of the approved music vendors in Korea, or the official light stick from the most recent concert. Priority entry was always given to official fan club members who had all three, then fan club members who had two of the three, and then fan club members who had one. After that came non-members in the same priority tier. The group I'd come to see hadn't opened official fan club registration in almost a decade, so the group's management decided to do away with the fan club priority and did it on a first-come, first-served basis, but kept the whole three items go first, then two, then one thing. I had all three and I got there early, so I got a good spot in line. These queues often had us waiting outside for hours while the previous round of filming finished up. The thing about these music show venues is they're very small. They have limited capacity and allow two to three fan groups in to watch them at a time. So not all people who queue for a group get in. In this particular instance, there was trouble with foreign fans causing trouble by taking pictures and not listening to instructions. 
So the venue staff literally went through and quizzed each foreigner in line on their Korean. If you couldn't understand, you were booted. I passed with flying colors and kept my spot in line. Here's where the revenge starts. Because of the aforementioned issues, a lot of Korean fans hated international fans with a passion. For this group in particular, so many people were pissed that they had to wait in line behind foreigners because they'd done away with the official fan club priority. Now, here's me, sitting alone in a queue outside on a hot summer day. A group of Korean girls sat in front of me, and a lone Korean girl talking on her phone sat behind me. I was minding my own business playing games on my phone after passing my Korean quiz with the staff, when I heard the girl behind me talking smack. She was chatting with a friend, I suspect, because she was dropping a lot of curse words, and specifically mentioned, These foreign roaches ruining things for us. I want to kill them. She mentioned me in particular and said that she'd bet I'd bribe the staff to keep my spot in line even though I couldn't understand Korean. Okay, so it's harmless smack talk. I don't know this girl and I don't know her friend. In the long run, it doesn't affect me, right? But it really rubbed me the wrong way, especially because she was talking quite loudly. So I grabbed my wallet, politely and quietly asked the Korean girls in front of me to watch my bag and hold my place in line, and went to the convenience store. I bought a round of water for everyone. They were heavy. I had about a dozen bottles of water. I get back to my spot in line, thanked the girls in front of me for holding my spot, then gave each of them a water. I gave a water to the group in front of them, too. Then I kept one for myself and turned around and handed one to the girl on the phone with a smile. Immediately she lit up and thanked me in English, smiling bright and taking her phone away from her ear. As I hand her her water, I say in perfect Korean and still smiling. The next time you loudly smack talk the foreigners, make sure they can't actually understand you. When I tell you that it went silent in the immediate area, you could hear a pin drop. Her smile melted off her face faster than an ice cream cone on Florida pavement. She turned beet red and muttered to her friend on the phone that she had to go and sheepishly apologized. I accepted, she had some water, and I felt better about myself. Bonus, the girls in front of me heard the whole thing and adopted me into their friend group for the day. Fun was had all around. So after reading this story, I thought it would be cool to look up a Korean proverb about being nice to others, and I found a pretty good one. And obviously I'm going to butcher this, so if I have any Korean listeners out there, I am sorry. Ganen mali guai onen mali gupta. And roughly translated, it means, if the words that you say are beautiful, then the words that you receive will be beautiful. Our next Reddit post is from Upshot. Some years ago, we had some new neighbors move in next door. They were nice enough people, but we had a problem with them. The husband traveled a lot, and his wife was afraid of just about everything. The dark, thunderstorms, you name it. The problem was the floodlights over their garage doors. She would leave them on all night, every night, even though you couldn't see them from inside of their house. They were positioned such that they would shine into our bedroom at night. We weren't able to block them effectively with our curtains. We asked them politely several times if they could turn them off at night since they served no effective purpose. They adamantly refused. I offered to pay for a timer that would control them. No way they would consider it. I thought about taking the bulbs out, shooting them out with my pellet gun, etc. The solution that I arrived at was to simply loosen them up enough that they wouldn't come on. Since they couldn't see them from the inside of the house, it was about five to six months before they realized that they weren't working. They screwed them back in. I waited a couple of weeks and unscrewed them again. Another few months went by. 
Finally, one day, my neighbor asked me if I ever had any trouble with my outdoor lights. I told him, yes, as a matter of fact, I did. I said that they would loosen up occasionally and I would have to retighten them. I blamed it on vibration from the traffic on our street. He said that he had the same problem. I told him that I finally just gave up and left them off, and he eventually did the same. We were happy with the final outcome, and we were able to keep peace in the neighborhood. That's genius, OP. Don't give people a choice between being a good person or a bad person, because a lot of people will pick being a bad person. The trick is to give people a choice between being a bad person and a lazy person, because almost everyone will pick being a lazy person. That was r slash petty revenge, and if you like this podcast, then check out my Patreon where I publish extra podcast episodes. Also, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit episodes every single day.